There are people in this world that just sparkle with an almost magical and radiant energy, leaving a wake of good stuff wherever they go. We just love meeting and talking with these folks who inspire us to be better, do better. Ooh, another wonderful, inspired Green Divas segment with Dr. Heidi Hutner, who is among many, many things. She's an academic. She's a professor. She's a dean. She's an author, an advocate, a mother, and just a cool Green Diva. Um, <laughs> and we've we've talked before about ecofeminism and um, – it's really hard to do in 10 minutes or less. But, but so we decided we would do another discussion here on eco grief. Hi, Heidi. Hi. Great to be back. Yeah. And, you know, when you say the topic eco grief, everybody's like, oh, no, it's going to be bummer. a bummer. But it's not. I, I, no. I assure you it's not. But let's, you want to describe what we're talking about? Sure. So, um, I, I'm a cancer survivor, and my, both of my, my mother had cancer. She didn't actually die from cancer, but she had cancer when she died mm. and would have died from cancer if she hadn't died from uh, other things. But um, she actually had two forms of cancer, and my father died from um, a metastasis to the brain from melanoma. When I, and, and both, you know, I was under, under, I was 34 with my mother, 28 with my dad, yep. and pretty devastating. And then a year after my mother's cancer, I was diagnosed with cancer. So pretty difficult stuff. Wow. That's a um, lot. A lot, a lot to deal with at 35. So by the age of 35, I should say. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, that kind of led me on this quest to figure out why so much cancer in my own family. And I started to read all about different environmental issues, particularly toxics and radiation and pollution in our environment, why we have so much cancer. And of course, you can't think about that without thinking about climate change and right. all the issues related to that. So, yes, I, I entered into various stages of what I call eco-grief. Yeah. And, you know, it, it was very profound. Um, but on, on, the, on the really positive side, and this is what I talk about in my TED Talk, um, allowing myself to feel that and to really take it in rather than to sort of pretend it's not there and just distract myself and not allow myself to have the, the, the deep, deep sense of grief and despair and sadness, um, allowing myself to really feel that grief created something really quite wonderful, which is I, it, it turned my whole life around and I became, you know, an advocate as opposed to a victim Right, and mm. felt I could there are a lot of things I could do, and not just about me and what I eat. You know, I mean, right. a lot of us think about, oh, I'm going to eat well and all those sorts of things, but really in, in a bigger way yeah. to help others. Um, and that is a very positive thing. And actually, I felt, and I just, and I feel it's in the in the doing. I, I don't feel that grief anymore. You know, yeah. as much as I, you know, anyone who's marched, we I don't know if you did, but I, I marched in the 
you know, the, the big climate march in New York City with half a million people, and I marched in D.C. many times with the tar sands. And I, yes. You know, these things are invigorating and fracking activism. Oh, they're energizing. Oh, my God. Yes, very energizing. And, and we've achieved so much in New York. I mean, I live in New York State, and it, just the things in the past couple of years that we've yep. done and through the activism, it's extremely energizing. And well, yeah, and there's nothing like, yeah, I have like a little dose of Pete Seeger in me, you know? Yes, yes. <laughs> I'm so always so inspired. Oh, Even as a you know much older gentleman, he'd get out there and hold a sign, and you know. Oh, I actually got a chance to to march with him during oh. Occupy. Oh, yeah. see, and see, was, and, and seeing and march out yeah, was really very powerful. Oh my yeah. god, I've got chills. Yeah, no, it was an amazing experience. Amazing. Went to a Clearwater concert on the yes. Upper West Side, and Occupy came to us, and wow. we all of us marched uh, down to. Uh, Yep. 67th Street or whatever it was, and, yep. and sang the whole way with Pete Seeger. It was extraordinary. Yeah, that, uh, yeah, I've got chills. I, I'm sorry I missed that episode. I did go down there a few times and do some fun stuff, but that was Yeah, not... yeah. Well, this was just happened to happen. I mean, it was not planned. Yeah, yeah, we yeah. were at the concert, and, and of course, I had gone down to Occupy other times, but yeah. that, that it came to the concert on the Upper West Side wow. and all marched together was extraordinary. Well, and... And, all sort of, and all the Clearwater musicians were there. It was just <sighs> Incredible, yeah. yeah. See, that would have been really cool. So, uh, so, but you know, there always, no matter what the grief is, and and that's a whole nother huge topic. But in my experience, it has always been taking action when you know. But I do think there is the, the, almost the Elizabeth Kubler Ross, you know, stages right. of grief. Um, Definitely. And, but there is something extremely empowering when you begin to take action. Absolutely. I write about that in, in my book that I'm, I'm finishing up now um, called Inspiring Greener Minds. And I talk about the sort of stages, because I see with my students, you know, I'm a professor, and so in my classroom, we learn about these things. And students, when they first come in, can be really overwhelmed. And there's sort of a stage in the, in the, in the classroom, which, is, which, which we go through those stages, you know, that you yeah. do. But the difference, and I talk about this in my book, with with the environmental grief is that, you know, if someone dies, they die. I mean, this is, you know, they're not going to come back. And right. you have to ultimately let go. And you do pass through the grief. But with environmental degradation, yes, there's lots and lots of losses. And we cannot bring back what's been lost. But right. there's still a future. There's still yeah. possibilities for all sorts of change. Yep. So, you know, rather than taking a position of, well, there's nothing I can do, you know, you realize there's a lot you can do, and there's a lot yeah. we can do for the future generations and for our children and our great-grandchildren. So I, I find that very, very exciting. Well, and I, I, I suspect that it's happened with me, and I know it's happened to others, and we've had some a similar conversation with um, – Eco Boomer, what is it? Boomer Warrior. I can't. I can't think of his title. But we talked about uh, climate depression with climate mm-hmm. scientists in particular, and people mm-hmm. who are active in the field or educators like yourself. But uh, and I had a theory. Oh, so I, I believe that when I came to my my awakening with this and my call to action. It was different than yours, for instance. Like you're an academic and educator and you're funneling mm-hmm. it through a lot of your writing and whatnot. Me, I, I, I started you know, working in media and trying to create a platform for right. voices like yours. And other people have other things, whether it's you – know, they get really passionate about the food system or right. 
uh, energy and alternative energy. Everybody finds their their way, their action, and their their right. way of taking action, and it's kind of cool. They do, and I think I think that's really key that you need to find your own. The thing that turns you on and makes you excited and doesn't work to sort of plug yourself into someone else's way of doing it. Um, <laughs> you know, and, and people change over time. And I've, I'm a big follower of Sandra Steingraber and, a, you know, a friend. And mm. I've, I've, you know, first it was just sort of uh, a fan, you know, reading her books and teaching them in my classes. And, right. and then I've gotten to know her over the years. And she shifted from, and she talks about this, she shifted from being a scientist in the lab to being um, a writer for the general public, mm-hmm. to realizing that just writing wasn't enough, that we had all the information that was pretty clear that these toxics are causing diseases and all kinds of problems and health health issues. But and she, she had to get out there and, and put her body on the line. And so now she's, you know, regularly protesting and deeply engaged in, in an activism. So, you know, we, we, people change. They evolve. They, get, they have to find their own... Um, there are artists. There are environmental artists. That's the way. That's their voice. Right. Yes. Um, exactly. Exactly. People go into science, or they become a doctor. I mean, because right. I, I, I see with my students, you know, they come to me and they might go to environment. They might go to law school. They might become. They might go into business and, right. and be an advocate right. there. So, right. well, it's needed everywhere, and that's it is. that, and that's why it's so great that I get to speak to so many different people that have been called into all these different ways of focusing that energy. Exactly. Um, and I just want to encourage folks to go to Heidi Hutner, H-U-T-N-E-R dot com. Heidi has a wonderful wealth of information among her own articles, books, talks, um, makes a lot of recommendations for us on on this and other issues related. And I am looking forward to having an article from her for the Green Divas as well. Yes, Definitely. And and you must go find her TED Talk. It's very powerful. It's empowering and inspiring. So uh, thank, thank you so you. much for your time, Heidi, and all the work that you're doing. Thank you, Megan. It's been an honor, honor to talk with you. We hope you're feeling the sparkle. Go out there and light up the world. As Dante said, even a little spark may burst a flame. For more inspiration, visit thegreendivas.com and listen for this and other shows on gdgdradio.com.